Hey, I'm Jonathan Alexander, one of the Panthers beat writers here at the Charlotte Observer. And I'm Elena Gensenberg, the other's Panthers beat writer at the Observer. And this is Panthers Tracks. Today, we'll talk about what went wrong for the Panthers and their loss to the Bears this past weekend and how they need to rebound against the Saints. And I'll also talk about my story on Phil Snow and how he's made the most of this young defense. Let's start the show. So, Landon, one of my Twitter followers recently um, told me that I've become known as the hope you're well guy because I asked that players and Matt Rule before asking them a question. So I I feel it's only appropriate that I I say to you, I hope you're well. Thank you so much, Jonathan. You're so, you know, you're just so kind. (laughs) There are worse (laughs) things to be known for than being nice and polite. So (laughs) yeah. Take it, but I'm doing well. It's exciting to be back even after, you know, a Panthers loss. Here we are in big NFC South matchup this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm glad to hear that. I didn't even know people noticed that. I thought that was funny. Um, anyway, like I mentioned in the open of the show, or like you mentioned in the open of the show, um, Panthers lost to the Bears 23-16. And I kind of felt like it wasn't a surprising loss, even though I did pick the Panthers uh, to beat the Bears, I think, by three points. It was a game I thought they could possibly win, but it wasn't one that I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to beat the Bears. The Chicago's defense is very good. I mean, I don't think anyone's denying that. But I do think how the Panthers' offense looked. I was kind of surprised how uh, out of sync I think we heard you, Matt Rule describe it, just compared to the last three games, win or loss. They, I mean, it was still close. The offense just never got in a rhythm. So that's what stood out to me, but I don't think – it's not the worst loss in the world to lose to a now 5-1 and one Bears team that has a very solid defense. Right. You know, I, I thought the Bears, they looked a lot better than I expected them to. Um, you know, in the red zone, the Panthers just couldn't move at all. You had an interesting stat. Remind me or remind the listeners what that stat was of the amount of plays they ran in the red zone and the amount of yards they had. Yeah, so it was really interesting. They actually only ran one play in the red zone in the second half, which pretty much tells you all you need to know. Um, mm-hmm. It was the Mike Davis touchdown that came after a Bears penalty. Um, but So in the game, they ran 13 plays in the red zone, and they only went for 23 yards. Like, that's a, to me, that tells you everything you need to know. If they're not – I mean, we're talking – we're going to talk about the Saints. If they can't mm-hmm. put up touchdowns against the Saints, it's going to be ugly. Yeah. In, in the Bears, they were just really stout there in the red zone, like that stat you said. You know, I thought Mike Davis had trouble, you know, running. He, he had a few good runs, but he had trouble really breaking any off. Yeah. Um, you know, credit the Bears. Um, but the Panthers also made mistakes in the passing game. And Matt Rule mentioned that some of the receivers were running the wrong routes. Teddy Bridgewater was constantly on a pre- under pressure. He had about three or four uh, kind of coverage sacks. You know, he couldn't find anybody open, and then he got sacked. I mean, because he had a lot of time. You know, he had people around him, and he looked a lot nervous, but he had a lot of time. And then he threw a couple of uh, passes that I, I didn't think he should have he should have thrown and resulted in interceptions. Of course, that last one to DJ Moore was a little off target. DJ Moore got his hands on it, probably should have caught it at the same time. But I thought the defense could have played better, even though the Bears were a good defense, and it resulted in a loss. You know, I thought the defense played as hard as they could, had a turnover. You know, the Bears didn't really get many yards. Um, so, you know, it, just like you mentioned, it wasn't a bad loss. 
Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that like is still surprising us about this team and should be is that like the defense, like I agree with you. I walked away like the defense played fine. Like they had a fine game. Yeah. Like, there wasn't anything like, I mean, they could have been better on third down. There's things you could point to, but like the offense is what lost in my opinion, lost them this yeah. game. The defense kept them in the game. And if you had told me that before the season started, I would have been surprised and thought it was the other way around. So that's yeah. something that I think has been a theme this season, the defense keeping them in games and tipping my hat to Phil Snow for that. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they limited the damage. I mean, the Panthers made so many mistakes. The fumble, the, the two interceptions, and they only gave up 23 points. I mean, Jeremy, after Mike Davis fumbled that ball, Jeremy – uh, Chin had that interception on the very next play. You know, that, I think that I think you see that defense gaining a lot of confidence there. Um, you know, even at the end, um, you know, the defense got a couple of stops to give the offense that opportunity to come back, but the offense couldn't complete it. Um, so, you know, the defense, man, and, and this is without – we didn't even mention This is without Yator, Gross Matos, and Kawan Short. Kawan Short really mainly. Um, Yator is kind of coming along, but this is without, you know, two of their defensive linemen. They were really thin. So, you know, just like you said, Phil Snow's doing a really good job. And now they have a big matchup ahead of them against stopping Drew Brees. So it's going to be – that was a test against, you know, Nick Foles and an OK Bears offense, but I think they have a really big test with Michael Thomas coming back this weekend. So Yeah, so so how do how do the Panthers, you know, stop the Saints in their, in, in their high-powered offense there? I'm concerned <laughs> and I'm concerned in the sense because I think concern's the right word because it's, you know, safety Justin Burr has a rib injury. And I think anytime you lose one of your starters in the secondary and you're going against Drew Brees in that Saints offense, that's concerning. Um, they've already, like you said, lost K1 short. Um, they're down the, the defense. They're losing guys left and right. So I do think it's going to be a struggle, but one promising thing I think that needs to be pointed out is the run defense had its best game of the season last against the Bears. They held mm-hmm. them under 100 yards, which is impressive in any NFL game. Um, so I think stopping Alvin Kamara and the Saints, you know, the ability to run the ball has to be one of the top priorities because it's been an issue recently. Yeah. I mean, they did a really good job. I, they held them under 60 yards, the Bears under 60 yards. Um, you know, the Saints really haven't run the ball that great. You know, I, I was looking up the stat. I think they were ranked 18th in the league. Um, they'll be ranked 18th in the league in, in rushing yards per game coming into this game. Alvin Kamara has been really good in the passing game, but they haven't really got off in the running game. I was also surprised that the Saints were only 12th in the league in passing yards per game, opposed to the Panthers who are 11th. Um, you know, it hasn't been the same Saints – offense but it's still a dangerous offense nonetheless you also got to factor in the fact that michael thomas hasn't been there you know what is the saints going to look like with um michael thomas back uh rasul douglas is going to have he's probably going to be the primary guy on him considering Dante jackson still dealing with the toe they're playing him sparingly um but you know if, if they're able to stop the run you know you only allow the saints to pass the ball that gives you a better chance and the panthers or, or top 10 against the pass. You know, that's the reason why their defense is, is, is ranked, uh, I think, 10th, no, 13th in the league because they've been so good against the pass. So I think if you stop that run, you give yourself a better chance against the Saints. Um, maybe you force a turnover. Um, and if the offense can be more consistent, they have a chance. It's an NFC South game. They struggled against the Saints in the past, but they definitely have a chance this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I think too, I think if any, if I'm an offensive coordinator and I'm game planning against the Panthers, I would try to run the ball. So yeah. I, I just think it's something without K1 short that you have to at least try. Um, mm -hmm. And this needs to coming off a bye, so they've had time to rest up and really prepare for two weeks for the Panthers. So I think even though, you know, absolutely Drew Brees and that offense have not looked like what they were last year or the year before that, but it's still Drew Brees and who's given the Panthers plenty of trouble over the years. So I do think it's, it's going to be a battle and it's going to be interesting to watch if they can, you know, if does Drew Brees look more like he has in years past or is it going to be what we've kind of seen this season? So it's going to be, yeah. be an interesting game. I think they can at least keep it competitive. So Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater gets to play the team, his former team, where he played the past couple of years and um, helped him get this job with the Panthers. So that'll be an interesting one for him. You know, he said, I think it was to your question, you know, he said he didn't consider uh, coming back or, or somebody's question. He didn't consider coming back to the Saints. He wanted the opportunity. So, you know, we'll see how he plays. They know him. I don't know if that'll benefit them. Um, or maybe he'll, you know, impart some knowledge to uh, Phil Snow about what that offense is going to look like. So just like you said, it'll be an interesting game. Yeah, for sure. Joe yeah. Brady making his return too after he was an assistant there for two years before he joined LSU. So lots of return, very cute. Yeah. <laughs> Apple who hasn't played at all, you yeah. know, a couple, a handful of special team snaps. I don't, you know, we'll see how his hamstring is, but there's a lot of Saints Panthers connections. So, yeah, thank goodness we're not watching this game in Baton Rouge. So, Jonathan, you wrote a story on Phil Snow. What kind of interested you in? I know it was something we talked about for a while, but interested you in doing that story? Well, I became interested because, you know, all the talk was on Joe Brady. You know, how he was a 30 year old coach and, um, you know, how he had rose through the ranks, won the national championship at, at LSU. So that was, you know, very deserved. But I, I was in, really interested in the, in the guy that they hadn't talked about. And that's, that was Phil Snow, who really has been Matt Rule's right hand man since his days at Temple. Um, you know, he, he joined when Matt Rule first became a head coach. He was his defense coordinator at Temple. When Matt Rule moved on to Baylor, he was his defensive coordinator at Baylor. They changed those programs and, and made them what they are. And then when he got the job at with the Panthers, he became the Panthers defensive coordinator. And, you know, he had the enormous task of turning around that defense uh, that had, you know, potentially four, you know, rookies who were going to play significant time um, and only four returning starters. So that's a lot when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and I think even Troy Pride's ended up playing more than, <laughs> the, you know, they even expected. It's been interesting. Um, and I know one thing that I've we've talked about and that I've heard a lot of praise about Phil Snow from other coaches in the NFL and on the college level. I know we both I left an impression with us, like Bruce Arians praising him on this, you know, conference call he did with the Panthers media. Is there anything there that, you know, stood out to you? And, you know, where did that kind of take you? Yeah, I, I thought that was very interesting. And Matt Rule called him one of the, the best coaches that he knew. And um, so I wanted to learn more about that. I knew, uh, found out, you know, Matt Rule and, and Phil Snow met at UCLA. Phil, uh, Matt was looking for a job. Uh, Phil was the defense coordinator there at the time. And, um, you know, I think Phil said that, there, you know, Matt was kind of bugging him, sending him, sending him mail. Uh, Phil you know, reached out to the head coach, said, do you know Joe Paterno? Because, you know, Rule was, was 
was a player at, at Penn State. Uh, you know, he said he said uh, his coach said he did. He called Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno said, yeah, hire him. Um, so, you know, Matt Rule became the defensive line coach, moved on, went, went to bigger, better things. Then when he got the job at Temple, they connected. Um, and the rest is history. And Snow has, has been a mentor sort of uh, to Matt Rule. And, you know, I reported on Snow, talked to some of the players, Rule, uh, you know, his nephew, Dustin Pedroia, the, rec- the Red Sox second baseman and future Hall of Famer. Uh, so it was an interesting conversation. You know, everybody said the same exact thing without without hearing what everybody else said. Even Dustin said it. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, Dante Jackson said, you know, Phil is an old school coach. Um, and his only requirement really is that players play hard. Um, and, you know, Phil, you know, talked about that. He wants his players to play hard. He believes in practice, um, practicing hard. That's, you know, that's the only way you get better. He's a, a very enthusiastic coach. You know, he's very old school. He's one of those, you know, coaches that, that understands that every play is not going to be perfect, that understands that mistakes are going to be made from, from young guys, from old guys, from intermediate guys. You know, he, he understands all that. Only thing he, he really, really preaches, and, I, and we always like to mess with him, that's the old school in him, is just play hard, man. And that's one thing that, that I think that I've took from Coach Snow the, the most since um, – since I've been with him, you know, just play hard, man. You know, you're going to mess up on stuff. You're going to give up stuff. Just play hard every single play. You know, his nephew, he, he, he also laughed about it when I told him other players, you know, said that same thing because, you know, that's what he knew growing up. You know, Phil Snow told him to play hard. So how exactly are Dustin and Phil related? So, you know, Dustin's mom is Phil's big sister. Um, and uh, they have four siblings. Phil is the second is the second oldest behind, uh, you know, Dustin's mom, and they have two younger brothers. And I hear the family's highly competitive, um, but you know, Dustin said that his uncle was a huge influence in his life. With Phil, it's, it's, he's going to put people in the best situations to succeed, and obviously, he's going to motivate them to to play hard. You play hard, he's he, he going to get on you. That that's what makes you better at, at whatever you choose to do in your life. I mean, he's been like that since he was. He was young. How have you kind of seen that? I mean, I think this defense, like we talked about earlier, has been really interesting to watch. How have you seen that kind of manifest with this Panthers team? You know, you hear Brian Burns talk about it. You know, he said Sunday that the Panthers played with that underdog mentality and they were getting after it and he was excited about it. And, you know, I really get the sense that the defense, uh, more than the offense, just talking with the players, they believe that they can be great and they want to be great. And Rasul Douglas, who's probably having the best season in his career, you know, he had four pass deflections, you know, last game, you know, says the Panthers can even turn it up a notch. And, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier, Panthers have the 13th ranked defense in the league, you know, top 10 passing defense. They really played well against the Bears, as you saw. Um, and they had a great game stopping the run when, when they were struggling earlier. Uh, you know, I think they've been the most consistent unit on the team. I don't know whether you agree or disagree. Yeah, I think for me, I don't know if I'm ready to label. I definitely think what we have to pick between, I think they have been the most consistent. I just think that through this team, to me, hasn't been super consistent. Like, coming off of the game, um, last week's game in Atlanta, like, obviously I know it was a lesser Atlanta team, but I just feel like there's, like, things that there's this whole team's doing that, like, they're still not, like, at a consistent place yet, and that comes from a young team. But I think – 
there's no denying that the defense has by far been the unit that has improved. That yeah. in that sense they've been consistent. Each week I think they've done something better. They're improving on air. Like when you know there's something like against the Falcons, the run defense was bad. Well, they fixed that against the Bears, and I think we're seeing that sort of thing each week. Um, so, but and that's honestly what I think you want to see from this unit. Um, and I've been, like I said, I've just been impressed with this defense. I think they've looked good, and we'll, we'll see if they can keep improving against the Saints. Yeah, and that's credit to Phil Snow. You know who's taking that old school approach? Just play hard. You know, <laughs> you know, you, you all might not be the the most uh, talented or experienced players, but if you go out there and play hard, you know, you'll do well, and and, and your confidence will continue to rise. Tells you everything you need to know. His scheme has been—he's schemed some incredible games. Yeah, absolutely. So our next and final segment. You know, we like to have a little fun last five minutes of the show. Uh, what's trending? Uh, you know, first question that I've seen on the Internet, you know, are the Panthers utilizing Ian Thomas correctly? You know, he, he really hasn't been as big of a factor in the passing game as we, you know, initially expected. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I think the tight end, the tight end thing is an issue. I can be Ian Thomas. Chris Manhurst isn't, you know, there was a lot of talk in the during training camp about him being like a leaving tight end. I use air quotes. Um, yeah. But I think I think it would benefit this offense to get the tight ends more involved. They have the second fewest tight end receptions in the league, and I think mm-hmm. that's. Anytime there's a position, you know, you, they have Ian Thomas, they have Chris Manhurts, Colin Thompson is the third tight end who we saw a little bit on Sunday. But I think getting them more involved, I don't know, you know, even if it's just a couple more catches a game, I think would benefit this offense. It would make them, you know, more well-rounded. Yeah, and it, it would take some of the attention off Robbie Anderson, you know, who uh, the Bears really focused on last game even though he had, you know, four catches for 77 yards, uh, you know, and, and who knows, maybe Ian Thomas really isn't playing that well in practice. You know, he, he hadn't really been impressive in the games. I mean, Teddy hadn't really looked his way. You know, maybe that says something. Uh, Chris Manhurst really isn't a possession receiver. I mean, he doesn't really, hasn't really had the season with six catches in his whole career. Um so it's only but so much you can expect of him. But Ian Thomas has that experience catching the ball. You know, it, you know if they can find a way to get it to him, and if he gets more involved, they do only become better. So I agree with that. Next topic, overreaction, underreaction, is Jeremy Chin the next Luke Keekley? Overreaction. <laughs> That's like immediate for me. You can't compare a rookie who's played in six games to a future Hall of Famer. Jeremy Chin's look great. Like, I think he's been good. I think he's still learning. He doesn't look perfect out there. He's missing tackles like you would expect a rookie to. And, you know, making – he's not – there are a couple passes that he – it looks like. I don't – you know, I don't know the defense that explicitly, you know, explicitly, but it looks like he was in coverage on a couple of plays that – didn't go the Panthers' way. I think he's still learning. He's been, like I said, very impressive, but he's not yeah. <laughs> middle linebacker weekly. Like, I just don't know. Yeah. You know, I think he can be playing well, and he doesn't need to be compared to Luke Keekley. Yeah, he doesn't have to. I mean, let's be honest. Luke Keekley was one of the best line, middle linebackers to ever play the game of football. I, I, I don't think many people would argue, you know, that point. 
Uh, Jeremy Chin, you know, has played really well. I've been impressed with him. He's looked less nervous than many other players. Uh, but I just remember a tackle against Leonard Fournette, and he's one of those guys like Leonard Fournette will take it to you. Yeah. Uh, so Jeremy Chin definitely has been impressed with guys' first interception. I, I think he has Pro Bowl potential for sure. More than that, I would have to see more. You can't see. You can't say he's the next Luke Kuechly. Luke Kuechly was just otherworldly. That's not fair to Jeremy Chin either. I don't it's not. That. It's not. Let's stay away from any comparisons to Luke Keekley and just let Jeremy Chin develop how he's going to develop. I think that's <laughs> the best Please. case scenario for everyone. Please. But they did get a, a quality draft pick from second round, late second round. So, you know, was that was awesome. No one's denying yeah. that he's like, I yeah. mean, yeah, he's playing very well, but let's let, how about, like, I think all young players, let's try our best to, like, Leave, let them be them and leave comparisons to Hall of Famers at a minimum. Yeah. And uh, overreaction, underreaction, should Tahir Whitehead be benched? <laughs> For who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, like, he's not playing great. And I think anyone who's, I mean, he only played about around 50 something percent of the snaps um, against the Bears. So, like, it's not like he's playing weekly level snaps and middle linebacker or anything like that. Um, I just don't think they, the depth at linebacker has been an issue since the draft. Um, It's just not a position the Panthers are particularly deep at. And I don't know who they're putting in at middle linebacker if it's not here. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they don't really have anybody outside of them as far as middle linebacker. Um, and, and, you know, early he was playing a lot more, and then they, they figured out well, maybe he's not the best guy in coverage. <laughs> so in nickel situations, they go with Chin and Thompson. Um, so, you know, there really aren't any options outside of Taylor Whitehead. I'm not really sure he'll be back. You know, the Magic Johnson, I'm not really sure he'll be back next year. Um, but uh, right now uh, – you know, you, you gotta, you got. He's better than what they have behind. So you gotta. I think, though, like I do think, I it's definitely an overreaction. Partly because I think, like he hasn't been like, no, he's not playing good or great or anything like that. But he hasn't been like, oh my god, they lost the game because of him. Yeah. Like it's not like, please stop comparing him to Luke Keekley as well because that's not fair. Um, yeah. I think is he, you know, someone who I think is going to be around long term? No, but like. He's just a placeholder, and he's not even playing, you know, he's playing about half of the snaps because yeah. they realize that he needs help. So Yeah, lay, lay off him a little bit. I mean, nobody on the team, including him, expected him to replace Luke Keekley. You, you can't be Luke Keekley. Um, You can try to do what you do best. Uh, I think that's what, you know, people have to realize, and they get caught up in – and wanted to see at least somebody filling that void, and it's not going to happen. You know, that's our show. You know, if you like this podcast, want to see more projects like this, please subscribe to the Charlottesville Sports Pass with our current deal for 99 cents for each of the first three months of your subscription. That includes coverage of the Panthers, the Hornets, NASCAR, UNC Charlotte, high school sports, UNC Chapel Hill, Duke, NC State, and more. You can find more about the Sports Pass at charlotteobserver.com slash sportspass.